Are you ready to learn? Because my super experienced guests are ready to share some really valuable information. Make sure and listen all the way to the end to get help and support. So let's start with the best audio experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our show. Today we discuss about sales, how you can increase your sales. And I'm excited to discuss this topic with Ryan McCotter. How are you? I'm great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, it's a big pleasure to learn from experts. And before we start, uh, introduce a little bit about yourself, your background, and why you decided to take this topic. Great. Thank you so much. For my background, my background is a lot in startup sales, startup go-to-market strategy. Um, I've been in that for the past Uh, six or seven years. I started a company when I was in college that kind of, it helped me pay for college and helped me really understand how the business world worked, especially from a startup perspective. Um, But I figured out there's a lot of things I don't like about starting a business, Um, basically everything after the sale and developing the product. But the part that I really liked was going to market and learning a lot about that. So um, I built my career around that. Right now I'm working for a company called Tenacity. I am leading the charge there with the sales and partnerships team, and we have a great product. And I'm, you know, I'm really happy to help bring it to market. We're a really, really small company um, that has really, really uh, high aspirations. We just raised a really nice, good funding round, and I'm excited to help bring this team into bigger and better places. So. I think that kind of sums up my background. Very, very sales oriented, very, very go to market oriented. And I'm happy to kind of share a few tips and tricks today just on things that have worked and things that I've seen that haven't worked. Yeah, valuable. Yeah, yeah I love your experience. And uh, for me, the era of lazy marketers is that, you know, if you want to get results, you need to uh, use experience uh, to learn competitors, your customers, and uh, yeah, combine all of them to get results. Um, yeah, uh, love it. Okay. Uh, can you provide your insights about uh, strategy? Because you mentioned that uh, you provided some strategies. Uh, where to start? For example, if you want to launch a, a new product and uh, you share that you uh, you created strategy for uh, great products, yes. Uh, but um, uh, in most cases, uh, uh, many projects uh, can't find their unique selling proposition and try to overcome great products uh, on the market. Is it good strategy or not? And provide your insights where to start if you don't know <laughs> what to do first. Right. So I have a great example of this. I worked for a company called Ergo Chief. It was an ergonomics furniture brand. Uh, they had an IoT solution, but this was stuff that uh, I had no experience in whatsoever. And neither did the company that I was working for. The company I was working for had four or 500 employees overseas. They had nobody in the United States. So it was just new for everyone. And the the first, so when you're at that point, when you're at the point of no a completely blank slate, the most important thing to do is is like when you're aiming aiming like a, a bow and arrow or aiming on a target or something like that. You don't want to fire, then then aim, then then get ready. You, you need to you need to line up your strategy to just be ready, aim, fire. Um, so I think that's having that mindset as you know. First, you need to get ready. First, you need to get ready for the market and understand everything you can possibly about. What makes your market? What makes your your unique selling proposition different than anything else in the marketplace? That's the most important part. Then you need to 
you know, position that, position that exactly where you want it in the market. Um, you know, you have your, all your marketing is going towards that specific place. And, and then after that, you know, that's when you need to execute. And I think that's just understanding that, that setup, because a lot, you don't want to be churning your wheels in the wrong places, but having that kind of mentality, especially early on when you need to be laser focused on what you're trying to do, um, that's, that's extremely important. You know, um, I read a new book about, um, uh, Jeff Bezos and he proclaimed, don't overthink, uh, start implementing, uh, start uh, checking out what will exactly work for you. And, um, I agree with that. You know, I think that, uh, uh, you need to have the right strategy, but nobody knows it will work or not be- before testing. Can you provide your insights about testing? Uh, for example, uh, I don't know, uh, my product is good or not, how to find my unique selling proposition. But when I test it, when I check out, uh, learn from customers, uh, experience, feedback, I can uh, improve it, develop. Uh, and w- what do you think about uh, testing? Uh, how to find the right approach, especially if you have no audience? Uh, uh, you can do it when you have a big audience, you can ask them to test them. Uh, or for example, when Google uh, creates new products, um, it, right. this platform shares with a limited audience to, to learn from their experience. But when you have no this audience, what to do? Yeah, it's it's a huge problem, and it's becoming more glaringly obvious the uh, the farther we go along uh, in time. And I think so. The first important thing is any audience you might have, you need to have a great, solid relationship with them um, to learn everything that could possibly go wrong. By the way, this is just a this is a an, an issue in technology as a whole. You know, ten years ago, we didn't have. UX research, UI research barely existed. Um, now it is almost the most important thing that we have. I mean, you, you look at uh, most products that are coming out today, you know, it's there are a lot of technological hurdles to create things like Uber and DoorDash and Instacart and Facebook. Now those technological hurdles are over. The next hurdle is bringing that awesome technology to people that don't know about it. And that's, that's really, that's where all the testing comes in. That, that's where just you know, is this product useful is a lot different than saying, you know, is this product, can it, can it perform a certain function, but is it useful? Is the, is the really the, the very simple question with a very complicated answer that uh, that's the question you're asking there. So I, I think that really a lot of what, how you can solve that is just taking a look at your, your ideal product market, you know, looking at just you're aiming at your your market here and thinking through the mind of exactly what process you're trying to bring them through. So um, for for Ergo Chief, right, that they have, we were not targeting anyone who needs a piece of furniture. We were targeting a group of people that, you know, they needed a, a height adjustable table. They had a problem with the current height adjustable table on the market. They they needed uh, they needed tracking across not just you know anywhere they needed tracking on specific areas in their office um so they'd be able to tell if someone was at the desk or not and and that really you know the the more granular you can get into how uh how a a potential customer is going to use the product the more you can start to do research on on how you can solve that so definitely like if you don't have any customers to talk to 
the best thing you can do is create ones. You know, you can create a bunch of of fake customers as as clearly as you can. It's obviously not as good as if you are Google and you have like, you know, a ton of people to talk to. But that's like the most important thing is that when you're developing a product, when you're developing a go-to-market strategy that's based on that product is it's all centralized around your customer. It's all centralized around the, the person that's going to be using your product. And how are they going to feel when they, when they're using that product? How are they going to feel when uh, they are, they're purchasing that product and all that, all that experience is, is, is matching up to your brand and matching up to your value proposition. That's, and that, that stuff is critical. That stuff is critical, especially when you're coming out and you, you don't have the competitive advantage of both the user experience of Google, like you said, and, uh, you know, also just the, um, maybe the, the knowledge of your, and, and strength of your, um, of, of other people that might be using your service. You know, you need, you only have, you only have your product market fit and the story around it. Yeah. And, you know, um, I love the approach from, uh, uh, that you can reach out to some bloggers, uh, and people with the audience and ask them about feedback. You can share your products and, uh, for free, for example, if your, uh, software as a service, you can give them a subscription, uh, for free, uh, and yeah, ask uh, about uh, their feedback, uh, and yeah, reach, reaching out is a powerful tool. If you have no audience, uh, ask uh, someone who has this audience or even pay money. Uh, yeah, why not? Oh yeah. Yeah. To, uh, to share some budget, uh, uh, for influence marketing, why not? And, uh, you know, it's interesting when, uh, I've learned your profile, I got it that you have, uh, sales and marketing experience in most cases, <laughs> uh, uh, it's different. Yeah. And salespeople, uh, don't, uh, don't like marketers. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, because, uh, sales, um, people don't understand marketing. Can you provide, uh, how do you decide it? to learn, you know, and marketing and sales and how you combine all this knowledge uh, together? That's a great question. It's definitely true. You know, a lot of people, they, they're in one, they're in one stream or they're in the other stream. I, I would say, uh, first of all, when you're very, very, very early off, you know, everyone has to do everything. It doesn't matter. You know, the, the CEO is the guy who's building the desks for everyone else, you know, and, and that, you know, like there's, there's no differentiation to that. There's definitely expertises. Um, but I would say that uh, my biggest experience with marketing was in my first, my, my company, my, my first company, the top sale. Um, besides the fact that a lot of the products that we were offering was just marketing um, consultancy to, um, mom and pop shops who were kind of the laggards in the digital marketplace. The, I would say that I was, you know, as marketing myself and really, I think there's a lot of, um, strengths that direct marketers and just marketers in general have. And there's a lot, you know, a lot of things that I don't have because of that. Cause I don't think of things from a marketing perspective, but what I do think is, you know, I didn't have, um, I didn't have a lot of things that traditional market market marketing people do. But what I did have is a understanding that marketing, especially from a B2B, you know, standpoint is pretty much, you know, the most valuable thing that a marketer can do is, is generate a qualified lead and that qualified lead can go down a pipeline of sales. So, you know, I, I really didn't think of it 
at the time, honestly, I'm just thinking about this now, like at the time, I didn't really think of it as marketing. I thought of it all as sales and not that's not to diminish one, one or the other. I mean, you could think of it all as marketing too, but you know, I, I think that, you know, that mindset of just owning the entire funnel from like the top of like, no, no awareness at all, all the way down to, um, closing the deal. It, it was, uh, it was interesting and it helped me kind of grow. And now like, you know, I'm in a company where first of all, like that's, that's not a great strategy. That's not a great strategy of owning the entire pipeline, but it did help me be cohesive with it. So now when I'm working with uh, Steve, Steve is, uh, is our, you know, the, the marketing wizard at Tenacity. And, you know, he, when I'm working with Steve and, and the other people on the, on the marketing team, uh, we'll, we'll kind of think about every aspect of the market, because that's his job is to study the market and how we can, you know, target those people in the market down my pipeline and down the other people on the sales team, like down there, down that pipeline. And I think that's a great, it's a great perspective that I can have and that, that, that the, our organization can have of just, you know, the main goal of marketing, especially from a go to market, you know, real early kind of company should 95% be just, we need leads for sales, for revenue. And, uh, you know, it, it's way more worth it at this stage to spend a hundred dollars on getting one person to, to have a conversation. Um, about per- possibly purchasing the product than, you know, 10,000 views that to random people, maybe even in the market. Um, you know, it's very important to have those targeted conversations. And that's kind of what marketing's for. Yeah. You know, uh, I want to, on your profile that you share a lot about uh, marketing strategy management. Uh, can you um, provide more about that? Uh, for example, uh, from my uh, experience, many projects fail because they, uh, are chasing some generic strategies. Uh, they just analyze their competitors and do the same uh, without considering unique selling proposition. And for example, um, I provide SEO services. And uh, what I can see when uh, new projects open keyword research tools, find high volume keywords that are overwhelmed, overpriced. You know, uh, it's hard to overcome strong sides of your competitors. You can't uh, do it, you know, especially if they spend a few years to promote them, to, uh, to share some marketing budgets. They have strong positions. And for me, it's better to find for uh, content gaps or uh, uh, low quality content or uh, outdated information. Can you provide your insights how to create a marketing strategy that will work or, for example, uh, uh, has much higher chance to work? (laughs) Yeah, I. So I think especially from. If that's your goal, if your goal is to find the gaps, which is totally a. An excellent way of of growing growing when when you're starting at zero right i i think that a lot has to go into getting ready you know before you, you aim and fire and i think you know any kind i'm sure you must know you know being an seo expert with everything is just you know finding finding tools and techniques to get a perfect view of of the landscape of you know all the keywords that are um, that are ranking at certain places and, you know, how much competition you have in, in everywhere and how much people are, are looking up certain things. So I can totally, you know, 
that's the most important thing for from a holistic market perspective too it's just you know you look at like a, a garment magic quadrant and just say like okay well this area is like not as covered or i'll go over here this area is not as covered and uh maybe we can develop some new product or feature around that maybe we can target our marketing around that maybe we can talk about in sales conversations around that area of the market that's not as covered and um you know draw some draw some people um that might be looking at other places away and i think that's that's a big um that, that's that's a big big way you can you can get ahead early on is looking at everything in the market and deciding uh, or deciding deciding strategically you know what's not being as covered what's not being as covered i think you know beyond that i think it's also just important to when you're aiming you know like right after that just just think about how you can be creative and spend a lot of time instead of what you're saying you know don't just like say all right well now we gotta you know leverage a bunch of pay-per-click ads on on these these keywords because that's what's worked in the past you know that's exactly the opposite of how you want to be thinking when your budget is a millionth of the size of your competitors you know you need to be thinking about exactly what what people are not going to spend the time because that's all you really have you have the you have strategic thinking and time as a as a startup you don't have the the money resource so you need to you need to leverage what you have uh to go after you know gaps in the market that you can uncover so um in in to make that all cohesive you know the goal is to find gaps in the market and whatever you're doing then strategically leverage in a creative and interesting uh marketing strategy i mean you know we're, we're going to an event in uh actually next week now we're going to aws reinvent and you can do things that every other every other company does to you know you have like certain meetups at at high expensive places and gather people there but you know we're doing you know we're we're giving out a poker chip we're giving out a poker chip that allows you to get some some extra rewards later on and that's something that it wasn't even we didn't even read about that anywhere or say think that was like something that would be uh you know we, we never saw that working but we can just think about our customers and think like hey this is probably something that would help us drive that that top line revenue and create that connection with our prospective customers um so yeah thinking about that whole streamline um creatively not trying to you know research it because whatever you research like you're saying has been done before has been done before and it's i mean unless you have some really great way of researching it you're researching it from someone who feels okay about telling it to everyone else you know they don't need to keep that as a secret for themselves so i think you know coming up with those unique creative strategies around the unique creative places in the market is going to allow you to have a unique creative uh you know, top line revenue sales process and, you know, create the unique creative growth that makes VCs and uh, startup communities really happy. So I think that's the, that's how I'd answer that. Yeah, got it. Valuable. Okay. Uh, let's talk about learning your customers and competitors. Um, you know, it's interesting that, for example, Jeff Bezos, uh, in, uh, uh pays more attention to learn uh customers yes to uh help them and uh, for example bloomberg uh spends more time to uh, learn competitors uh 
Can you provide your insights? Uh, which way is better? Uh, to be customer oriented or competitors oriented uh, to find their gaps and uh, to craft your strategy great yeah that's a great question um and you know i i can take you in there's there's the um well like i you know i'm not i'm not a direct i'm not a complete marketer so i i know i could take like there's a customer centric model um, and I, I definitely, I, I would caveat that though with, you know, it's important to know what your competitors are saying so that you can position yourself um, along that story. Because there's two different parts, you know, in completely is just, uh, you only have a limited amount of conversation com with, uh, with your prospect, your prospects. You know, if your prospect was going to know everything about your product there is to know, they'd have to join your company and become an employee for a year. And, so you only have like maybe a few hours to, to get across the value proposition. Um, so you need to understand what the competitor's value proposition is uh, pretty well. Um, and in an ideal scenario, you, you know, you, you can, you can pitch their product as well as they can, uh, because then that allows you to, to pitch it, pitch against it. Um, as far as developing the product, I really think that it's, it's almost never a good idea, especially if you're on the cutting edge, you know, you're going to market with a new product. It's almost never a good idea to like, look at the market and say like, how can I be like these people? Because you're never going to, you're never going to be like those people. Uh, you're going to be a worse version and a outdated ver a version of that, that product. I, I think a, a good solution is just being a, or a good, a good, uh, a good way of thinking is being a solution for your ideal customer. And in a lot of ways, that's going to end up being a lot like other competitors because they have the same strategy. But I don't think that a, a good way of thinking about your product, a good way of thinking about your the solution you're offering is we are just like company B. And you know, we can offer you, you know, 10% cheaper. Like that's not that's not going to be attractive to anyone, even though you, you know, it's 10% less. The attractive thing is. Uh, you know, we do similar things to company B, but we've positioned our solution in this way so it can solve X, Y, and Z um, for you. And, you know, it's not even like, as soon as you say it can solve X, Y, and Z, uh, unlike company B, like that's not a, that's really not an attractive thing to hear is from a prospect because then they're going to start thinking like, you know, what, what can I do? Or you're like, this person just selling me uh, and trying to say I shouldn't go with this product. It, it's it's just always better to create a solution for a problem um, instead of creating a different version of a solution that someone else created for a problem. It, you know, it's interesting. I I, I heard a uh, I heard a study um, you know, on LinkedIn a few months ago, and there was two options. There's option one, which is you have a you have a product and the, the product solves everything that you want, you were it was supposed to solve. But um, the sales process, the understanding of uh, the customer success afterwards, every human interaction you have with that company is arduous and really hard. It takes weeks to get back, um, that kind of thing. And the salesperson's lying to you, like all that kind of stuff. That That's option A, but the, the product works as intended. And then option B, is your human interaction with the company, um, the marketing 
positioning of the company makes you feel really good and your your the product is uh you know the sales sales people are getting really back they're getting quick getting back quick to you and um customer success is always listening to your problems and trying to answer them but the product only does about 60 to 70% of what you thought it would be able to solve for your business and they they interviewed about you know 5000 people on this and you would expect, right? You'd expect that most people would be like, "Oh well, I'll take, I'll, I'll take the good product, right?" It's actually over, over, uh, over seventy-five percent of them said they'd rather have the better human interaction, and that's just it's it's crazy to it's crazy to think about, but it really, you know, you're looking for people, or you're looking for solutions to problems. You're not looking for um, a product in a lot of cases in in our in our in our in our purchasing world nowadays. So, uh, you know, if you're not, if you're not given that holistic package with the product, it's, uh, it's really not, it's, it's not a good situation, <laughs> not a good situation. And, and, you know, we, we see this, uh, we see this with this data here. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned about ideal customer. Can you provide more insights how to find ideal customer or uh, to create your buying persona? Because I think it's essential today to have it uh, for paid marketing or even for uh, sales uh, people. Uh, because I think that when you pay attention to a uh, broad audience, uh, it's hard to overcome your competition and uh, yeah, to sell products. Uh, can you share your tools, how to find it? How to find the ideal customer? Yes, yes. Sure, so, well, it- it definitely it it changes no matter where you're at. Um, you you should have a good understanding. You, you should you should have a persona of the kind of person that you want to that's going to want to want your product because that, that's how you're developing your whole product. But when you have that, um, so I'm going to assume that you have that. Um, you you have a few ways you can get in front of them. If they're really hard to get in front of, there's all kinds of. Uh, interesting marketing tactics like we were talking about before um that you can get in front of them something that i've done uh personally is i i mailed a shoe i mailed a shoe to a uh uh it, it was a, a vp of, of infrastructure and i mailed a shoe to him and i said and i, I wrote him a letter saying like i know that we've uh you know i've, I've sent you a few emails and i know you, you haven't gotten back but um as you can see i already have one foot in the door so um, you know, I'm hoping that we can get on a meeting so you'll you'll let me get the other foot in because right now I'm I only have one shoe, and that like it, just that kind of like conversation like st- sparks something. And if you think about the cost, you know, I it cost me, eh, it cost me like thirty five dollars to get that to get that one shoe, and then I just send it and stuff like that. So you know that you weigh the opportunity cost um, uh, of getting those people in terms of like finding them. LinkedIn, LinkedIn is like 80% of the tool that I use now. Um, you can obviously uh, do a little sleuth searching on other tools. I, I know a lot of people like Zoom Info or, uh, you know, Hunter.io. And I've never, I've never been in an industry where I've like needed that, but I know that a lot of people um, use them. Uh, but if you can just start a conversation with your, I think LinkedIn is the best place to, that's how me and you connected, you know, that's the best place to just start a conversation with someone. Um, 
so if you can find your prospects through, um, you know, I've, I've sales navigator, which allows you to dial down really precisely into, um, criteria, you know, what, what their job title is, where they're located. Um, uh, I mean, tons of other things than that, but that's, that, that's as granular as I need to go. Um, you know, like it allows you to dial real deeply into what you need to find. And I think that there's, there's no better place to start a, start a business conversation than the social network for business. So I definitely would say LinkedIn's a big place for that. Yeah. Um, by the way, I use LinkedIn Navigator as well. Uh, great tool, ah. you know, because it, it saves a lot of time to filter out to find someone. And that's why I found you <laughs> to yeah. invite my podcast. <laughs> and, you know, um, I think, um, uh, today, uh, it's important to warm connections before uh, sending pitches. Can you, uh, you uh, shared example uh, when you try to uh, reach out to someone and uh, got him, uh, I think, from the second or third uh, attempt. Uh, can you provide more about personalization? How you, to personalize this message when you pitch someone or uh, want to uh, get on the board uh, uh, because today, um, uh, if I remember correctly from some studies, only 8% of all requests are open, only 8%. And uh, we can imagine how many of them uh, will get results. <laughs> Not a lot. Yeah. Uh, can you share your uh, from your experience about personalization, about uh, getting on the board uh, some ideal customers? Sure. It's a balance. It's a balance between, you know, I'd say like activity and I guess you could also throw in cost, like money cost, if there's any money cost there and then um, quality. Because I think that I honestly, I do think that if you wanted to get a meeting with anyone, I think I could get a meeting with Bill Gates if I wanted to. <laughs> it would just cost me, you know, a lot of money. I might have to donate to a charity. I might have to, you know, know his personal person, find a way to meet his, uh, you know, personal person who handles his calendar. And like, you know, I think I could do it, but I think it would be a full-time job for a few years from the place I'm in now to make that meeting happen. And it would probably cost a lot of money, uh, you know, as in order to sit down with them for half hour. That's what I'm saying. But so you need to weigh that kind of all the time. Like it should never be a perspective that you can't get a meeting with someone. It's more just like, is this meeting worth the time and money and energy that I'm going to spend? Um, but to answer your question, I think more, more dialed in, you know, you're, you're asking basically um, what are the tips and tricks you can use to personalize messages to get that response rate up? So something that would like, I think that is a really easy thing for me to do is to leverage technology to make it look like you know a lot more than you do. And the best way to do that, so if I wanted to sell to sell to Google, because we've been using Google a lot, um, Google's actually probably the worst example for this, but we'll say Google. And in order to, to find, an, in order to personalize something, maybe you're selling to Google's IT department. Uh, you could Google, you could Google, Google IT in Google News, and then you'll get a bunch of articles about things that are going on in Google's IT department. Um, and then you can leverage that article saying like, uh, you know, hey, Joe, I just, 
you know, I just read this article right here and it talks about, uh, you know, X, Y, and Z, and that we actually offer a solution for that. So that's the reason I'm reaching out. You know, you, you give them a reason to reach out instead of just, um, just jargon about like this product, my, my product will solve X, Y, and Z. You know, you give them the, you, you do the thinking for them of how your product can solve a, a solve a problem that they're experiencing. And, you know, that, that's, that's a, that's a, that's the best way to personalize, you know, it's not really great personalization to go on someone's profile and say like, Hey Joe, I saw you went to Notre Dame. That's great. You know, I also saw that you worked at, um, you know, Lockheed Martin for five years. That's a really interesting company. My product, you know, sells cupcakes, like nothing to do with whatever you're saying. Like, I think it's really helpful if you could say like, Hey Joe, I saw that Google IT was in a food shortage and they needed confectionery like you know things in their in their offices or people are going to quit you know my my product Ryan's cupcakes you know can offer you sugar retreat at a great price point and we fulfilled customers like Google everywhere uh, you know let's talk about it like I think that's that's a much better solution obviously it's not as you know it's never as clean cut as that but that's that's the thinking the thinking is always personalization should Personalization is almost useless um, for them and for you um, if you're just trying to blanket personalize. You know, you should personalize why it's worthwhile to personalize. Um, otherwise, you're 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 kind of wasting your time, in my opinion. Yeah, valuable. I agree. And you know, uh, I use one tool. Uh, it's commenting. For example, if I wanna reach out to some big influencers. I comment on their posts. You know, it's like warming connections before uh, sending any request. Uh, and uh, I remember when I spent uh, a few weeks to comment on Bridget Heisen posts. Uh, she has over four million followers. Right. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I just, uh, you know, I commented a lot by sharing additional value to your posts. Uh, that was not something like this. Thank you, great post. It doesn't work. Just uh, share additional value. Help. Uh, 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 their followers and um, yeah and uh, when you warm connections it's interesting when she reached out to me and asked what's going on on LinkedIn and <laughs> I got it no way I tried to reach out to her and she reached out to me you know wow. by sharing yeah yeah and uh, I use uh, something like this with other influencers uh, uh, that was um, uh, Rand Fishkin uh, and Anthony. Uh, she he has over uh, two million followers yeah, as well. And you know, um, I sent uh, I commented a lot on their posts. And when he reached out to me and asked, "Can you uh, take part on my platform, influence marketing?" And I got it. Yeah, of course, why not? But uh, uh, I wanna uh, my proposition for you as well. You know, to cooperate together. Uh, I think yeah, warming connections works well because uh, when people get uh, new emails or any pictures what do you can see do i know you if i don't know you uh, why i need to take care about you and uh, it's like uh, to make um, uh, in most cases recipients open emails from their colleagues uh, customers and friends uh, if you can't be a customer or, or colleague you can be a friend you know yeah just forming connections and personalization uh, works uh, you know for example i use templates 
I, I love using templates, but I rephrase everything on templates. For example, if I find some templates, I can rephrase all text that I have. It's only the direction. For example, yeah, I can see some uh, successful pitches, but uh, I uh, I almost do um, use nothing from them just uh, to have the skeleton <laughs> and yeah, to rephrase uh, all text that I have. And uh, I, I see when people, um, uh, recipients, uh, reply when you uh, take care about them, when you uh, think about them, when you think how you can bring uh, value to them. Uh, forget about selfishness, about uh, about what you want to get. Think only about them and combine with uh, what you want to get. Yeah, personalization works if you don't copy others, just be yourself, you know, something like this. Okay, uh, can you provide more insights how to start learning about sales from your experience? Uh, we need to read books, uh, listen to audio podcasts, or uh, read blog posts, uh, uh, share your way how to improve your skills about sales. Great question. Um, yeah, I, so I I started selling kitchen knives and kitchen stuff uh, door to door to um, uh, to stay at home moms and dads in in uh, suburban New Jersey uh, when I was in college, and that paid. You know, I did that for a good part of two years while I was in college. I I did you know that. It helped me put put myself through a little bit, um, and that experience. And I also, you know, I worked with a company that was entirely commission based. So their job was to make me as an effective seller as possible, so that I could, you know, make money for myself and make money for them. Um, and you know, I didn't I didn't have any time where I was sitting around the office. You know, not selling and making money, um, which so you know, it, it, it's not like I'm not going to say like that's like a great job, but I'm going to say that was a great learning experience. You know, finding a way just to to get into the market early. That's because you know, selling, especially selling like technology, selling complex solutions, that's not something you can just walk into. You know, you need to have backing to get you there. Um, but selling kitchen knives, you know, anyone can do that. Anyone can like think about selling kitchen knives for a few days and, and test out the waters. So that's something that's like a great way, great thing to do kind of in college or, um, you know, as you're trying to figure out, maybe this is something I want to do because you need to be okay with having conversations with people and you need to be okay with um, realizing that you have a solution that, that people could benefit from. Uh, those are like kind of the two keys to sales might maybe being a good career for you. Um, from there, so, you know, after I have like, I had that like basic experience, I would say that a, another, um, you know, I think I started thinking about how I could get better at sales for me from a B2B perspective. And at that point I, I looked on YouTube, I was watching a bunch of YouTube guys. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of people that are good at sales and people that aren't good at sales. Um, but at the beginning, it's the most important thing is just to to start digesting content. And you can start to kind of figure out for yourself. There's no one right way to sell things or, or go to market, that kind of thing. Um, but there is your own personalized way. Like we keep, you know, that, that's a recurring theme of our conversation. There's a, 
is there is one personalized way. So you can take in great information from people and you can take in information that's not as good and then just learn like, okay, that's like something that's not for me. So just, you know, absorbing information, you know, I would, I, I did actually, when I was in college and for the first few years of my career, I set time aside every day uh, to digest content. And I didn't really, I didn't have like a, a course or anything I was taking. I just said like, okay, um, for the drive to my, to the gym, I'm going to spend 25 minutes every day listening to sales content. And like, that was, you know, that's, that's such an easy thing to do and it compounds and it's not that, not that hard. Um, and there are a few, I mean, so one, one thing I did is I, uh, uh, Jordan Belfort, the guy who, um, you know, is the Wolf of Wall Street guy who got, went to jail and everything. He came out with a sales course, um, which I, I've never paid for, but I know all of the, like, I know his, he, it's called the straight line methodology. And I, I really went through that pretty with a fine tooth comb. Cause that was the same sales training that he used, um, uh, for his, his, you know, big, big trading, trading company. So I just, I, I really looked at that a lot to understand, you know, this, this guy like went through the whole sales mentality with a fine tooth comb to create a straight line, um, from, you don't know the, no, no, have no idea what the, the company is to we're going to purchase and what are all the steps and what's the most efficient way to do that. So it's a, it's an interesting way to think about sales. So like the straight line methodology helped. And then I also, I worked for Motorola solutions, which is, you know, I was selling millions of dollars of, of projects to governments and really technical people. So it's a huge, you know, huge, extremely complicated process, you know, uh, four different purchasing parties with, uh, you know, 80 different decision makers. And then I have my project management team on my end Then we have to delegate resources and I have to pitch internal bodies, you know, why they need to, uh, justify like giving me the resources to try and commit this potential sale. And while I was there, I did a Miller Hyman salesway training course and, you know, and then an advanced version of it that, uh, and I think that kind of helped with making turning sales. Cause I, I guess like up until that part point, I had sales had been a lot of an art form. Cause a lot, you know, it just started like using it as an art form and that brought the science to it. Um, of just thinking about, you know, where sales is positioned in a business and how to make sure that you're extracting the most value and being the most efficient with your, your time and your energy and your money that you're spending as a business. Um, cause when you're, when you're selling, it's especially important, you know, as you're selling very, very large projects, like millions of dollars, you're spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on your end before the sale. Cause you need, you have all the project management and stuff like that. So it's, it's really important to be able to justify, um, justify that in, internally and externally it helps make you more efficient seller. But it's, it's also important, you know, when I was at the top sale, I didn't have that experience and it's important to, cause my, my product was about $250 a month, you know, much cheaper than a million dollars, but you're still, you know, if you're wasting your time chasing someone that's clearly not interested in what you're doing, you're just wasting your time. There's no, there's no business need for that. And, and understanding things like that um, is real important. So finding good resources to start helping you think of it 
probably in the science form, because chances are, if you're into sales, you're already into the art form, but helping you understand the science form of how it fits into the business. I'd say that's like a, that's a really good use of time. And a, that's a good way to, you know, um, start lifting your, your mental energy, uh, for, for sales. Yeah, got it. Valuable. Um, I agree with that. You know, gotta be shares once that, um, uh, the biggest mistake of salespeople that they wanna sell for someone who already said no. <laughs> If people don't wanna buy, don't waste time with them. Just go ahead, find someone else. And um, um, can you provide from your experience? For example, um, um, I often get the pitch. Uh, please try my uh, software, uh, my tool, or something similar. But you know, it's interesting that uh, I have no time with that. And uh, how to convince people who um, has audience, uh, possible loyal audience, uh, to um, to check out a new software? Uh, for example, because I have uh, some tools that I use daily, and why I need to change them? They work good. Uh, It's possible that new tools uh, bring more uh, insights, bring more value for me, but I have no time with that. That means uh, you need to convince me to provide benefits because you mentioned about benefits. Uh, from your experience, how to uh, convince uh, busy people uh, to test it out to uh, and uh, possible to buy a new software? That's a great question. And yeah, it's, it's, the, same, it's the same principle as like, it's really hard to get Bill Gates on the phone. It wouldn't be as hard to get someone really low on the phone. Uh, but I think like the answer, the biggest answer is if, if I could point out, you know, I don't, my, my software would not make sense for you. So I can't do that. But like the, if I could point out a, an issue that you're having, so say, you know, your, your audio visual, visual quality with StreamYard is really bad. And I can go in there and say like, You know, I'm, I'm only going to take 30 seconds, but I can see your audio visual quality on your podcast is really bad. And it's not, you know, I, I can't hear you half the time you're talking, your video is cutting out. I have this great solution. Uh, I don't know, like Zoom or something like that. And I think mm -hmm. Zoom can like solve this for you. Would you be, you know, can I talk about solving that? Can, can I, can I talk about how Zoom has helped other people like you? Like, I think like, so what I'm, what that is, is just dialing into a problem that you have and then um you know it, assuming hopefully if i can get into a conversation with you for like four or five minutes or you know, maybe even two to three minutes or something i would start asking you questions like you know like how important is good video quality for you or like you know like if if you, if you get bad video quality are your viewers going to leave and that, that so you know like start to play into the fear, uncertainty, doubt that you might have around your certain technologies and really dial that up. That that's the that's the best way. You can also like, you know, but that, that's also really hard to uncover. Like, how am I going to know before I get in a conversation with you that uh, you're experiencing some kind of technological problem, unless it's like video, that's easy to see. So like another way that's kind of auxiliary, it's not as good is we could take into account like, hey, you're a valuable person. I know your time is valuable. Um, what if I offer to give you a $50 gift card that you could use just, just to talk, just to have a conversation with me. And I mean, 
that's still like I, I don't even know like if that would even be like something that's interesting to you because um that's not even like a, like a pre usually like I, i've done consulting myself and my consulting rate is like five times what my hourly rate is because you need to like designate time to like put away for that kind of thing and you know i could you know we couldn't pay like five times your hourly rate to get you on a demo call that would make business sense but sometimes offering something small like that to take into account that like it's an issue for you to give up your time to get in front of a camera and have a conversation about your your needs and whatnot um that'll sometimes like help um and yeah i think like i think that those are like the uh, yeah and also i mean if you can position yourself personally as someone that's not a pain to be around and pain to like talk to um that'll that will help <laughs> that always helps uh, you know, even with like ceos of big companies or you know mayors governors like people that are real important it, it's always helpful just to be a friendly nice person that is interesting and someone that that other people want to be around so that's that's something that can will will bring business value in every way so yeah um, you know i love your insights about uh uh Researching. Uh, I mean, like, uh, if I'm using StreamYard, you can provide uh, better tools because of quality. And yeah, why not? Never thought about that. You know, just to analyze. It's like researching what uh, I'm using now and uh, provide better solution. Valuable. Interesting. Okay, yeah. uh, Ryan. <laughs> uh, how people can reach out to you? You learn more about you, follow you. Great. Yeah. Well, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, that's how you found me. Um, and I guess I could give you my, my LinkedIn handle. Um, you can easily find me. Oh man, I'm pulling this up right now. <laughs> uh, it's I just LinkedIn. LinkedIn. Yeah. 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 It's, 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 it's Ryan dash McCotter. Um, you know, you can also find me at Ryan at tenacity cloud or, or, uh, Ryan dot at tenacitycloud.com that's that's my email address um and but definitely the the best way is just you can just message me on linkedin i'm sure that's probably where you're where most most of your viewers are are going to be watching this anyway and it's just that'll be the best way to reach out to me um we offer um a cloud asset management solution for um cloud security uh cloud cloud assets just like understanding what you have how much it's costing um is it secure and is it compliant with the framework that you're, you're currently trying to get into? So that's, that's really the, you know, that, that's what I'm working on. And that, I'd love to talk to anyone that that's kind of, you know, that that's an issue for them right now. Um, but also happy to talk to anyone about just sales in general and just, you know, where they are in their sales process. And if there's any kind of value I can add to any of your listeners on a one-on-one -on -one basis, you know, feel free to uh, reach out and I'd be, I'd love to just, you know, have a, have an open conversation with them. Yeah. Okay, guys, you can find uh, LinkedIn profile in the description below, reaching out to Ryan to learn more about him. Thanks a lot for your time, for sharing a, a lot of value. Uh, thanks for watching or listening us because, um, yeah, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, and Google podcasts. Uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Ryan. You know, I've learned something new and I'm going to use it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. I'm glad to hear it. Same here, too. 
Thanks for listening to this entire podcast. Please rank your experience in Apple, Spotify, Google, or any other platforms that you may use. Also, please share your ranking mark on chat at seotools.tv to get a special gift. We'll see you soon on other valuable audio podcasts.